Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right. Guys, I'm just saying, I have used the word inconceivable an inconceivable amount of time. I'm just <laughs> no, saying. No, 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 If I was going to be one of the three, yeah, yeah, what's your thoughts? What's your that thoughts? That is inconceivable that you would be the Sicilian. That's, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's inconceivable. You're not Sicilian, though, are you, Sandra? I'm not Sicilian, though, no, so I can't be the Sicilian. Yeah, look, it's hard to argue that Sandro isn't the Spaniard. That's the thing. Except I think I'm better at swords than you, Sandro. Mm, oh, harsh words. Did you know that about me? I did fencing when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Almost entirely because of that one scene in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's, how, that's like how I learned how to do basketball because of um, <laughs> High School Musical. High School, oh, I was mm. going to guess Space Jam, but High School Musical is much better. Uh, that as well. Yeah, that as that's well. much better, yeah. <laughs> I just want to recreate that one scene, the, the song with the beat is the ball. Mm, yeah. Anyway, moving back to the... The current thing. Who would you be, Sandy? Who would you be? Me. Well, as you, as you see, growing up, I really always thought that I would be a beautiful princess like Robin Wright. But then, you know, I, I guess it just happened, and here I am, and I am Vizzini. <laughs> uh, instead, them's the breaks. Why is that? Why is that? Do tell. Do tell. Just, to, just the energy, I suppose. <laughs> just the energy. Just the, you know, the worldview. <laughs> anyway, I would clearly be Fezic because um. <laughs> Strong boy. Yeah. You're yeah. a big strong boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like to argue that I am anyone but Fezzik, but I do not think I could pull off the sword play nor the intellect, so <laughs> I, therefore I have to do the big brute. No, boy. it's okay. You're Miracle Mike. You're Miracle Mike. Oh, yes. Miracle Max, Sandro. Get it right. <laughs> ah, we can do miracles here. He's only partly dead. Only partly dead. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds more like it. Anyway, hello and welcome to Oldie, but a goodie. You caught us at an opportune time there, listener, because we were just discussing things, and now you're going to hear them. Oh, I'm good at intros, aren't I? Mm. Yep. This is the podcast where we watch movies from 1987 in the order they came out in. We've got a big one this week, The Princess Bride, and to talk about it is me, Sandro, and Zach as well. Yep, I'm here. And, oh, huzzah, who is that riding over the mountain on a horse? It's Sandy Whittam. <laughs> it's me, Prince Humperdinck. I lied, I'm not Vizzini. I'm Prince Humperdinck. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. No, it's me, I'm Sandy, I'm back. Whoa. You guys came crawling back to me, and the only thing that you could offer me that would make me come back on this dreadful podcast <laughs> is one of my favourite, favourite, favourite movies in the world, <laughs> The Princess Bride. Yeah, we were like, please... Please come back. We need you back on. And you were like, no, I will not return to your scandalous podcast with your pathetic movie. You fooled me too many times. Yeah, you haven't had a very good run on this show of uh, films that we've picked. <laughs> Quite bad run, actually. I mean, Hunk was good. Mm. Hunk was good. Hunk was a, yeah, yeah, saving grace. But now you've got one of the better films of the year. Now this is a hunky time. Better? Wouldn't you say best, Sandro? Um... 
I'm sorry, but I don't accept this dilly-dallying. It's the best film of all time, therefore it must be the best <laughs> film of 1987. I, I, I guess we're jumping right into it, because here's the thing, right? If you asked me two weeks ago, what's one of the best movies of all time, Princess Bride, 100% on the top. However, two weeks ago, I, I, I made the decision to read the book. Mm. And the book has swayed my opinion. Really? The book is very good. I think mm. the movie's missing a lot. Well... <laughs> and it's just not as funny as the book. <laughs> the book... What's funny about the movie is what's funny about the book, for sure. Like, most of the, the most iconic lines from the movie are lifted straight from the book, if I, call, mm. if I recall correctly. Pretty much all of them, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that doesn't make it less of an iconic, beautiful, perfect best movie of all time. It's a great adaption, and a lot of the reasons why the book is so good you can't adapt because of the fourth wall breaking stuff. And they try their best. They they do try their best, but there's just small things like the entire 60 pages is kind of condensed into like a six-minute introduction and just stuff like that, that I kind of feel like was was missing. It's still an incredible movie. It's just I, I enjoyed the book more. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's a slightly different opinion from <laughs> you no longer like it because the book's better. I think my, yeah, my enjoyment of the movie this time around, even though I've probably seen this like 20 times before and loved it, my enjoyment this time around was slightly hampered. It's almost like actions you take in life influence you later on but anyway one of the best movies of, the, of, of all time for sure for sure yeah you guys are gonna have to cut this preamble way 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 down because this is turning into the most annoying conversation anybody's probably ever heard that's, that's all right i'll have to reserve my opinion for when i read the book because i haven't read the book actually ah. oh, well you should it's delightful i'm waiting for my grandfather to read it to me in in lockdown <laughs> you know my dad has a hard copy and we were talking about it yesterday and uh i was like oh you have a hard copy he's like yeah i have a hard copy waiting here and i was like oh awesome so i will absolutely put that on my reading list yeah no it's really good it's really good highly recommend it uh but we should um we should get into uh more depths more details more stuffs and things about about the princess bride by starting with plugging our patreon as you wish. <laughs> hey, uh, if you want bonus episodes, if you're loving what you're hearing so far and you're like, I wish I could hear more of this. Well, you can. Two, well, upwards of two bonus episodes every month over on our Patreon for upwards of five US dollars. We're doing the uh, Evil Dead series right now. Army of Darkness is out. Ooh. Our episode on Army mm. of Darkness is out, which is very similar to this movie in, in how it displays the olden times. Uh... Yeah, yeah, look, it definitely has that sort of medieval vibe that was very similar. You're definitely drawing a link. Yes. Yes, exactly. All I'm saying is that I would love to see Bruce Campbell and Carrie Ellis team up to fight zombies. <laughs> uh, imagine. <laughs> Uh, but the link to that is in the episode description. And uh, yeah, Evil Dead 2013 is out next week, which I'm keen to talk about. But anyway, Zach, you chose this movie. You had a bunch of other options that you could have picked, and obviously you weren't going to pick them. <laughs> this is the only choice. I don't I don't know what other movie I could possibly think of that I'd pick over this. Even, even Lord of the Rings. 
because I love Lord of the Rings. That's what I'm thinking right now. I'm comparing this to Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is like a sit-down trilogy that I want to watch, you know, one after the other sort of thing. Whereas this, I can just pop on whatever I really want. You know, it's only an hour and a half. Boom. Yeah. Done. Get it over. Yeah. This easy. is a stand-up, speak-along-with-the-script, like, sword-fight-your-brother kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it reminds me of the fact that that's what I like about books. Because I have, I have The Lord of the Rings and I have The Hobbit. And I prefer to jump into The Hobbit, read yeah. that, and move on. Then I prefer to jump into The Lord of the Rings because I have to read the whole, go through the whole ordeal of reading it. Spend I know. two years in the desert crying about Sam and Frodo. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although although Andy Serkis did just release uh, an audio book of him doing all the Lord of the Rings books, so I might actually go through them with that. That'd be Ooh, pretty fun. That could be fun. You could put them on double speed. Oh, of course. Always on double speed. Always on mm. double speed. No, I, I like to go down to point five. <laughs> I want to really drag that out over the centuries. Mr. Frodo. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the, because like the current running thing with all trailers is like a slowed down version of a pop song, right? The trailer for the uh, the Amazon Lord (laughs) of the Rings TV show is going to be a slowed down version of the theme tune. (laughs) uh, Concerning Hobbits by Howard Shaw. Lana Mm. Del Rey. Mm cover of Concerning Hobbits. Actually, I wouldn't mind hearing that. That would be dope. Uh, anyway, your other options for this week that you could have chosen were Arrival les enfants, I think is how you say that. It's this, uh, it's oh, this... Arrival oh, les enfants. Yeah. That's a great movie. I've heard it. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. It's actually kind of hard to find, but but, but it is about um, uh, the director's experience during World War II at a, at a French boarding school where uh, mm. the headmaster was giving uh, Safe Harbour to Jews. It does look very good. It's really heart-wrenching. Yeah, I remember watching it in French class, actually. Uh, speaking of sad French movies, Baby Boom <laughs> is uh, Diane Keaton. Her long-lost cousin dies and gives Diane Keaton the baby. Is this a French movie? No. <laughs> No, that would be Baby Boom. Uh, you also had someone to watch over me where a police officer and a witness fall in love. And that... Uh, oh, uh, mm. oh, God. You had Offret, which uh, I think translates into The Sacrifice, Swedish movie about a guy who makes a bet with God to stop a nuclear holocaust. I'm not sure if that's a comedy or a drama. <laughs> Part of me feels like it could be either. Or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, you had Surrender. Michael Caine has a bunch of legal problems and gets help. Never again. Never again with Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said last week. Uh, and then your final option was three o'clock high, a meek high schooler who has to fight a transfer student. I don't know, man. <laughs> great, great. Wow, you're really selling that one. Uh, but let's talk about Princess Bride. Now, it was released October 9th. That's the US release date for the wide cinematic release. It did get a small premiere at the Toronto Film Festival in September, though. Oh, that's cute. Do they wear, do they wear cute dresses? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this just quickly while you talk. <laughs> the screenplay is, uh, is written, as I mentioned, by William Goldman, who did... Uh, write the novel as well back in uh, 73. He's also the writer of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's his uh, oh, wow. biggest kind of call to fame is that one. He's done heaps of other screenplays and novels as well. Mm. He's a really good writer. I love as well how in the book, the framing device of the book, Zach, is that um, his grandpa mm. y- used to read the novel The Princess Bride to him. Except the thing is, The Princess Bride was 
actually a political satire. <laughs> right. But his dad skipped over all of the political satire stuff and just made it a swashbuckling novel. Yeah. And so he's taken the original book and cut out all the nonsense. Yeah, it's like a, he fake annotated this book that he wrote. Yeah. Mm. So every now and then, like, he'll um he'll pop in and be like, now there's 60 pages of nonsense yeah. that I've cut out. But so, like, what was his job when he wasn't writing novels? Was he, like, an academic? Because this is, this is pretty... I feel like this has to be from lived experience. There's something in there about um, it's based off a story that he told his kids, and then his kids were like, that's great. And then he, like, wrote it down or something. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. There's something in there, yeah. Yeah, it feels, it feels very, very family story for the kids sort of thing. Like, that's the focus they go on, and you feel it, you know? I want to tell tell young people about the 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 swashbuckling farm boy that takes on yeah uh, bad guys. You know, it's it's a good story. You know what? That might actually be why I prefer the book just a little bit more because it is more of a parody. Maybe it's a little bit more yeah cheeky. I I think in every situation, I usually prefer the book to the movie just just because of the details you can put in a book. But I feel like you shouldn't take away from a film just because you think the book's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Judging apples and oranges, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the best adaptations, like The Shining, are completely different to the book as Mm. well. Like, you don't have to Mm. do everything as the book says. Uh, That's actually a pretty good segue, because the director is Rob Reiner, who was one of those go-to uh, Stephen King adaptation makers. He did Stand By Me, he did Misery, two of the best Stephen King movies. Uh, he also did When Harry Met Sally. Oh, another great film. And then uh, he also did a movie we covered last year, his directorial debut, which is This Is Spinal Tap. No way. Uh, for the cast, there is a, such a big cast, such a massive cast, this is going to take forever to go through this cast, <laughs> but let's do it. Uh, Robin Wright is Buttercup. And it also is my mother. Oh. Mm. My literal mother. No, I just love her. And she looks a little bit like my mum, and I think I just projected a lot. I see, I see. It's your mother. It's your mother. That's a fun fact. Yeah. There you go. She's my mommy. Mm. No questions at this time, thanks. <laughs> no, no questions. We're not taking questions at this hour. So she was in Forrest Gump. We covered that a couple of years ago. She's in House of Cards. She's in Blade Runner 2049. So good in House of Cards. Yeah, her performance in House of Cards is great. Uh, it's a shame that I can never watch that show ever again. Yeah, I think we all feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I think House of Cards probably feels that way. Yeah. I liked her in Forrest Gump. I think she she gets to be a bit more of a character. I hate I hate to say it. I hate to throw it out, but she doesn't get as much screen time as some of the other characters in this yeah. movie. But I feel like she does a good job. She does do a good job. It's just her storyline isn't as funny as all the other ones, you know. Like she's sad. She's sad for most of the movie. It's not her fault. Bad things keep happening to her. Yeah, yeah, poor girl. But God, if she's not the most beautiful woman who's ever lived. They really did cut out, yeah, because, like, there's a whole, like, monologue she has, uh, I think, at the start when she's telling Wesley her feelings or something that's really funny. It's a shame that they cut that out, because, like... Sandra, think... you're really going to mm. have to let go of the book. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shame. <laughs> if we're going to get through this. Ah, well. Um, she actually made her full-length feature directorial debut this year uh, in a film oh, called wow. Land that she directed that plot-wise doesn't have too much new stuff going on, but it looks incredible. I 
I've heard about that actually. Uh, we've got Carrie Elways as Wesley. He's Robin Hood in the Men in Tights movie. He's Doctor <laughs> Gordon in I think he's in Saw One. Fuck yeah. Uh, some of two, and then also 3D, which we don't talk about. Is that seven? I think that's seven. I remember him as as Robin Hood. Oh, he's great in that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, I'm not supposed to lose. I loved him in this as a kid, but actually watching him in Men in Tights was when I fell in love with him. Mm. <laughs> as like a 12-year-old, first love. Mm. He's going to be in Mission Impossible 7 next year, apparently. So, um... Oh, I'm so glad he's still working. Nice. Very good. Very good. I like his delivery of lines in this movie. Mm. The, uh, some of the best lines that he has. I wrote... I wrote, look, all of my notes are quotes. <laughs> there's there's some bits in between, but they're all quotes. And I realized like halfway through my notes that it was all just quotes. But I do love the like dry delivery of just some of the things uh, that go back and parody what people are saying and all that. Ah, it's good. It's good. And like a good 60% of them are like by him as well. Mm, mm. You've got Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. And follow him on Instagram because he is a darling. Oh, really? Yeah. He and his wife post, like, political stuff. Oh. And they're just the cutest, like, the activists, and, and they're just really sweet. And he's also great in Criminal Minds. Yeah, he's in that. He's in Homeland. Uh, he's in Alien Nation, the cult classic sci-fi movie. Mm. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. And I believe he's a he's an actual fencing fanatic. Ah. Amazing. Well, you can tell. It shows. Yeah, yeah, he um he's really big on the like before even the movie was was involved, you know, when he was involved with that, he he really liked fencing. He was big into that sort of thing. So he's a really good cast for this character. One of the fun facts that my father loves to talk about is the fact that the stunt work for this movie was used for like 10 years after as like this is what you should do for sword fighting. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have I mean I've got some comments about the sword fight for when we come to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was used as training material. Plain Fezzik is a French wrestler Andre the Giant who is 7 foot 4 in case you were wondering. More like Andre the Sweetie. Mm. Oh, I love Andre. He's fantastic. We love Andre. Yeah, he's not in too many other movies. And for someone who's not an actor, coming in and doing mm. this iconic role, like, good on him. I, I'd definitely say he's probably the best, aside from maybe Schwarzenegger, because he's made a good <laughs> career of it. Like, But he's the best actor that's come from a wrestling background that we've seen. Schwarzenegger wasn't a wrestler, though, I thought. I thought he was just like a body... Mm-hmm. Builder. Oh, bodybuilder. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That's what I meant to say. Bodybuilder. Bodybuilder mm. sort of thing. I mean, there's The Rock, but also, can, like, he started with Mummy too. so I don't know if good Yeah, actors... yeah, I don't know. That's, that, yeah, he will forever be trying to make up for that, I think. <laughs> Andre the Giant would for sure beat The Rock. Oh, 100%. Mm. And that's mm. no disrespect mm. to Mr. Rock. We've got Wallace Shaw playing Vizzini, uh, who is in My Dinner with Andre, Deep Space Nine. He's Rex in Toy Story. And he is currently in Young Sheldon, but we won't hold that against him. He's still one of the greats. One of the greats, for sure. He's very good. Yeah. Chris Saradin is Prince Humperdinck. He's in Fright Night. He's in Child's Play. He got an Oscar nomination for a film we did with Al Pacino. Christopher Guest is in this as uh, as Count Rugen. He was um, one of the, the writers and actors in Spinal Tap. Went on to do heaps of other uh, mockumentaries. Well, he's incredibly sinister in his role here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the sort of cruel enthusiasm he has for everything. 
Mm. He's like he he's he's never too ecstatic about everything, but he enjoys his cruelty. You know. Yeah. He's just like a real middle management <laughs> Karen. Yeah. In some ways, <laughs> which I love. He feels no emotion. He feels no empathy for the customer. You know. Yeah. He's merely doing his job. Who else? We got Billy Crystal playing Miracle Max. He's Mike in in Monsters Inc. Very famous comedian as well. He's great playing his wife, mm. uh, who's not a witch, is Carol Kane, mm. who has been acting since the seventies. She's still acting. She was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's fantastic and everything. Mm. Then for the framing device, you got Peter Falk as the grandfather who is Colombo in that long-running cop show that went for, like, 40 seasons. He's a great granddad. And then, of course, there is Fred Savage as the grandson, who was uh, in the sitcom, I think. Is it a sitcom or is it a drama? I'm not sure. But the the Wonder Years, he was in that. He's in The Wizard, which, if you haven't seen, is just a giant movie ad for Nintendo. And then, of course, he was in uh, Once Upon a Deadpool, where Deadpool forces him to, like, remake the framing device of this movie, but so that they can recount a censored version of Deadpool 2. It's not really worth a watch. <laughs> yep. Because just watch Deadpool 2. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. It's there. It's amusing. <laughs> it's a thing that you can watch if you so choose. Uh, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. One critic gave it a negative review. <laughs> and then they mysteriously died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were mauled to death by an angry mob. It was a very mysterious mob. And then there's uh, the audience score. It's 94%. It's on heaps of like best movies of all time lists. Uh. It's considered incredible. I will, I will say this. Uh, normally I like going through the Rotten Tomatoes to see the stupid reviews, but every review that rated this bad was like, I don't get it. Uh. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> this is bad. If you're a child, this is fun, but this is bad. I didn't <laughs> like the story or the music or the acting. And I was like, well, why did you watch the movie if you don't like anything apart that's a part of a movie? <laughs> no one gave me a good explanation as to why they didn't like it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling you, man. No, no, I agree. That was me earlier with Sandro and his book problems. Mm. Is it just because I want to create discourse in our audience? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's a little discourse starter. Because arguments in the comments is interaction, which yes. gets us, you know. And when we get there. a classic movie like this, I've got to make one criticism to make all our audience get mad. <laughs> right yeah, go, go for yeah. It, go for you gotta get those clicks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, get those clicks. I feel like if you're watching it now for the first time in the year 2021, and you're not familiar with the stories that this is kind of making fun of, I don't know if it would work as well as it would otherwise. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is just a sort of fun adventure romp. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's classic and eternal somehow but yeah maybe maybe i'm projecting a little i don't really watch this for the the sort of mockery of the typical adventure sort of thing Mm. it's just sort of a fun uh, fantasy adventure thing yeah it's got tropes and it sort of tries to break those tropes but that's it's almost just for the sake of the comedy rather than actually mocking yeah books and the more I think about it as well as like Pirates of the Caribbean was doing this sort of thing as well mm. This, mm. yeah yeah it's 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 definitely a fair fair thing to think about but they're all wrong <laughs> they they are wrong that's uh 6% of people that read it negatively that's actually quite low i'm very surprised that's a very high audience score yeah 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 but all of them are wrong 
There's there's the correct ones that rated it high, and then there's the wrong ones. Well, you know, in terms of the curve, that stands to reason, doesn't it? Yeah. This cost $16 million, which is kind of cheap for a fantasy film, but I mean, for most of it, they're filming just out in a park. Yeah. Mm. Most of it went into Buttercup's dresses, and it shows. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. And that fabulous jewellery, oh my god. Uh, She looked amazing. She does. Didn't it do... Didn't it not do that well, at least originally? Well, that's the thing, yeah. So I've got the box office number for the US and 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 Canada. I've, I've got their numbers. And uh, yeah, Sandy, mm-hmm. we'll start with you. What do you think it made? Okay, well, like 10 million. Wait, you think you get failed? I know it, I know it didn't do very well because it became a cult hit later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do know that for a fact. So I don't know if it failed, failed, or if it just didn't make as much as they were hoping to. So that's my guess. Mm, okay. Well, that's good, because I was just going to rate this a big high thing, but now that I know that this did badly, I'm going to rate it much lower than I was going to. Therefore, I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 25, maybe 30. That's my guess. Ooh, it is 31 million. Ooh, Ah, there you go. go. It still made a bit of a profit, but not as much as they wanted to. I think also the... The um the marketing campaign around it was kind of bad. Oh, was it just a mess? Like they didn't know how to yeah, sell it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they knew how to market it at all, which we've been seeing a lot this year. <laughs> they should have marketed it as a comedy, probably. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than they probably would have gone for like mm, romancey, Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. They go like an action. Oh, look at all this yeah. action that's happening. You know. But yeah, as soon as it hit home release, it um was transported into a cult classic. Um, yeah. What was this voice I'm doing? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Taglines. It There's... is the grand home release. Blessed unto the people, the VHS. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe I'll keep it for the taglines because there's three taglines. You got to pick your favorite oh, yes. and thumbs up and thumbs down and all that sort of stuff. Hell yes. The story of a man and a woman who lived happily ever after, even though the courtship almost killed them. Well, that's boring. Okay. Yeah. That's not a good one. It's it's not great for this film. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Scaling the cliffs of insanity, battling rodents of unusual size, facing torture in the pit of despair. True love has never been a snap. <laughs> well, that one's better than the last one. That one's definitely better. I think it's the voice that really doesn't help these. Yeah, I think the voice is uh, throwing... <laughs> Throwing these off yeah. a little bit. It's definitely colouring the yeah. I'll, I'll 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 give this one a shaky middle yeah. middle thumb. We'll see what the last one is. Let me change up the voice a bit. <clears throat> oh no. Heroes, giants, villains, wizards, and true love. Not your basic, average, everyday, ordinary, run of the mill ho hum fairy tale. <laughs> That was way too many adjectives. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked that they kept using them. That's what I thought was a positive. Someone had a dictionary. Someone had a thesaurus open on his knee. Yeah, yeah. I liked that one if you change wizards for pirates. Mm. Yes. So I'm going to give that one the thumbs up, but it's not as good as it could have been. All right, let's jump into our synopsis of the movie. Sandra, are you all right there? No. <laughs> No. And I missed Are You Okay Day, but are you okay? Mm. No, I think you should keep doing this voice for the entire <laughs> yeah. just your thing. Sorry, I didn't want to throw yeah. you off your rhythm. Mm. Uh, speaking of rhythm, <laughs> there once was a story <laughs> about two lovers. 
Oh, it's more annoying than every character in never-ending story. All right. The <laughs> opening shot of the movie is a video game. Although we start with a boy coughing against a black screen. Oh, yeah. Which triggered me because I've been coughing for the last four weeks. <laughs> which you don't know because Sandra's going to edit it all out. But I do actually remember like watching this when I was sick as a kid. It's a perfect sick movie. Exactly, because you like you're lured into it through the avenue of a sick kid. I, I I really liked that, and it's it's very appropriate nowadays because we're all stuck inside at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, looking to play video games and chew on chocolate bars or whatever that kid wanted to do, but then you got. When I was little, that baseball computer game looked so high tech to me. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it back now, I'm like, damn, that's vintage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but what was it? 1987? That's a pretty high-tech game for then. For 87? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no. It's very good for 87. It had, like, fully animated, like, people on it, you know? Yeah, they're running around. Literally, every time I watch this movie, though, I forget about the sick kid and grandpa framing device until I'm actually watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's really sweet. I love their little talks, because the kid's like, books? I don't know about that, boomer. I like sports. (laughs) And the grandpa's like, oh, thank you for being so generous as to let me tell you the story. Yeah, they got a really lovely dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're both, yeah, they're both like a little bit wisecracky. And then, and then, and then later on, he's so invested in it. He's like, oh, what's next? What's next? Said the grandpa's like, oh, well, if you don't want to listen to the story anymore, I could just leave now. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I love it. I'd love as well to hear the grandpa's impersonation of every character. That'd be really funny. Oh, if we had his version of the voices, that'd be fun. <gasps> oh, they should do that for an audiobook. They should have, like, a grandpa read <laughs> The Princess Bride and do it as if they were talking to a child. That would be awesome. That would be good. The granddad is like, I've bought you a present, son. The, the granddad's now Australian. And then it's a book. Oh. Ugh, granddad books. Gross. And the first quote I wrote down was, well, when I was your age, television used to be called books. <laughs> books. Okay, boomer. <laughs> and then and it's revealed that, yeah, his, gra- his father read him the book. Yes. And then his grandfather read his father the book. So it's like a, a book that's been read to by all the men of the, of the savage family. And then he's like, are there any sports in it at least? (laughs) And then the grandpa says, and I quote, fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. And um, that list has exactly one sport in it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Two, if you're generous about the word chasing. But then we jump headfirst into the novel, which has the grandpa as a voiceover talking about uh, Buttercup, who lives in a farm. She loves riding the horses, and the farm boy is Wesley. And um, her favorite thing is to bully him. Yeah. Which is relatable because my favorite pastime is also tormenting hot boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cute farm boys? Yeah. Bully them. Bully them. (laughs) Bully them till they fall in love with you. That's how it's done. Ah, this is where I wrote in my notes, Robin Wright is my literal (laughs) mum. They really speed through the intro. Uh, It doesn't take long at all for them to already be like, we're in in love. Oh, we're in love. Yes, uh, as you wish. 
And then Fred Savage goes, where's the sports? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a sentiment I've often felt. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. But honestly, having an eight-year-old boy ruin every emotionally intense scene in your movie is a bold choice. It is. (laughs) It really is. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. No, sentimentality, undercut, all of it. Mm, mm. No, it's good. And then he's also like, what is this? Some kind of kissing book? Kissing book. Which is a classic line. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then uh, Wesley has to go away because he doesn't have money for the wedding. And as we all know, you can't be in love without being married. Yes. Not in the medieval times. Or have a wedding without money. That as well. You can't have either of those two things. Oh, it is a fantasy book, though. And this is, of course, fantasy before The Witcher came in and showed us all the... Yeah, showed us all about premarital sex. Oh. Whoa. So uh, he goes off to earn lots of money and immediately uh, we're told that he got captured by pirates and died. Yep. So R.I.P. Farm Boy is dead. How did she learn about that. She got a message from um, the messenger people that deliver messages. Yeah, but then how do they know that he specifically died? Maybe um, word from the ship came back and they were just like, everybody died. Yeah, probably. And obviously the Dread Pirate Roberts has the reputation that he doesn't leave survivors. Mm. Yes. Which actually is relevant and comes up later. Which is needed for later. So maybe he sent mm. the message. Yeah. I can't. Re- I can't remember where I heard this but it was a great quote from some movie i watched which has a, a pirate that leaves no survivors and it's like if they leave no survivors how does anybody know i've seen that what is that from <laughs> what's that film i feel like it's set in this you know in the southern hemisphere around the uh, central america somewhere i feel like characters would drink rum in it potentially yeah i think there was a skeleton maybe Nah, i think you guys are making this up i feel like the main character would be against cancel culture <laughs> I, I don't know just the vibe i'm getting mm. no maybe we, this is just a collective fever dream that we've had yeah it's possible i think we were at murdered by pirates is good possibly the best quote in the show mm. it's mm. like buttercup's just there crying on the screen in this eight-year-old <laughs> voiceover murdered by pirates is good like Mm, oh yeah five years later it is uh what a month away from the 500th anniversary of uh florin and prince humperdinck uh is is gonna marry on the anniversary and the person he's gonna marry is oh it's it's buttercup whoa what? <laughs> How did they meet? How, why did he decide on her? What are the reasons? We don't know, but they're going to get married. The town ta- He was like, the town square was more full than it had ever been. And I'm like, aha. Even in fake Italy, the only time people care about royals is when there's a wedding happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I do like when he's introducing Buttercup and he's like, I think you won't find her common now <laughs> like he over enunciates <laughs> yes. that yeah yeah yeah. It's, uh, it's just a great moment and then i've written here humperdinck rules farquad drools <laughs> <So. laughs> oh oh shots fired yeah oh that's very interesting i was feeling a little bit controversial yeah, yeah farquad definitely uh modeled off of humperdinck i mean even the outfits mm-hmm. the same yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah well that was the whole idea was he was supposed to be a one big parody character a good bit of uh, visual storytelling here, because in the book it takes about a page uh, for Goldman to explain uh, just how beautiful Buttercup is. Uh, in this, you just need to look at Robin Wright. Yeah. 
the most beautiful woman in the world. My mother, Robin Wright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's out taking a ride in the forest when uh, she comes across three people. <laughs> three three poor lost circus performers. <laughs> Who are they? One of them's a giant, one of them is a uh, Spaniard, and the other is a short Sicilian man. Yeah, I like I like that how different in sizes they are. It's like they're cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Now, it does sound like it's a setup to some sort of joke. Yeah. One of them is Turkish. Is it the giant that's meant to be Turkish? Didn't you say didn't you say the Spaniard was actually Turkish in the book? I think yeah, I I don't know. That's what you said earlier. You said the Spaniard was actually supposed to be Turkish. Actually, yeah, cuz he's the one that gets um a very long flashback. As well, he gets like a thirty-page flashback for like his origin. Is that to his dad dying? Yeah, they go through that whole scene. Mm. It's quite well done because mm. there's like no jokes in it, and you're like, "What's Ooh. happening?" Yeah, no, that sounds quite good. Mm. He is, he is probably like up there in characters. He's very cool. Uh, so they kidnap the princess. Oh my, what oh, a no. twist! <laughs> oh no, she's pretty chill about it. Yeah, she like she handles it very well. Well, she does get instantly knocked out, so that helps, I feel. Because mm. it's like, that's how royals usually handle those situations, I think, because they're like, they're going to be ransomed, so they're not mm-hmm. in any real danger. They're just kind of upset about the situation. Although, for her, in this case, she was in quite a bit of danger. Yeah, I think she didn't realise that necessarily, I think. Yeah. Yep. She made the conclusion that I think we all would have in that position, which was, surely, I'm worth more alive. But, you know, in, in the business of... of making fake wars of starting wars between neighboring countries you gotta break a few princesses to make an omelet um, yeah, gotta crack them open i don't know mm. that doesn't sound like a very tasty omelet uh, mm. don't knock it till you try it sandra yeah mm, true <laughs> cannibalism don't knock it till you try it <laughs> concern honestly don't what okay. <laughs> these are the controversial opinions we get <laughs> on here this for. message paid for by army hammer <laughs> So these boys, they've been hired by spoilers, it's the prince. That what? is a spoiler. To uh, kidnap the princess and take her across the border and kill her and frame the uh, neighbouring country for it so they can start a war. Yeah. Really, it's a very convoluted reason to start a war. I feel like as we go through the story... He, like, goes after her, he, you know... Oh, like, when he's pretending to, like, try and rescue her? Yeah, yeah, when he's pretending. After all that, and it's discovered, oh, she isn't dead, I take her back. He then changes the plan to then murder her on her their wedding night and then blame them. It's like, just pick someone else and then murder them. Just, just get a new one if it, it's causing you this much trouble. Or, like, just start a war. Come on. I like that part of it as well. It's like he he doesn't want to start the war. He wants them to start the war so he still looks like a good guy, but he's like Well, yeah, he cautious. wants to justify it to his people, I yeah. think. And if he gets them to care about this princess and then fakes that she's been assassinated, then the people will be behind the war, which I think is what he really wants. We get the start of a couple running jokes here. There's the one that Fezzik loves to rhyme. Oh, so sweet, though. And when we were kids, we thought it was the funniest shit in the world. Like, mm. Mm. like you watch it now as an adult, and you're like, this is a bit cute. But when I was a kid, and he's like, no more rhyming now, I mean it. And then Fezzik says, anybody want a peanut? We would, like, <laughs> piss ourselves. <laughs> that is peak eight-year-old humour, for sure. Oh, yeah. This, this, this movie's quite funny. What? This comedy movie's funny? I know, but not 
every funny comedy movie, I actively laugh out loud, but this one did it for me. This is true. Yeah, no, it's a laugh and a smile for the entire runtime. Yeah. You're always smiling. Yeah. You're never not smiling. If you're not going, ha ha ha, you're going, aww. <laughs> we also get the inconceivable as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> Which is so good. Just inspired, you know? Yeah. That wasn't created in a writer's room. You just know. That was like, that was just sprung from the genius of someone's brain. Yeah, well, because, um, like, Goldman, he used to read it to the kids. Part of me is like, kids love to just repeat a word that they've just learned. <laughs> That's true. In ways yeah. that doesn't make any sense. So maybe it could have been like one of his kids kept saying inconceivable or something. Or something like that. Or he said inconceivable in a funny voice one time and his kids laughed, so he just kept doing it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, and they loved it. Because you would. How could you not? If it's funny once, it's funny, it's funnier the fifth time. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's my entire comedy bit. <laughs> it's just doing that. Yes. Buttercup jumps into the water and we see that it's eel infested. The shrieking Not eels. Not the shrieking eels. The sh- like, hey, can I be real with you guys for a second? The shrieking mm-hmm. eels account for a good 60% of my childhood trauma. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you're wondering about the other 40%, it's 9-11. Yeah. No, but this is exactly what reading to a child is like, though. Like, you... Like, you have to lay out exactly what's going to happen in the scary bit beforehand. Like, when I was reading to the twins I used to look after, I would just cut sections of Harry Potter wholesale. Like, they just couldn't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> like, oh, the spiders. Oh, the spiders. Oh, yeah. I would have to, like, sum it up in three sentences. I'd be like, and then Voldemort kills Cedric, and then he 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 gets blood from Harry, and he turns into a real person again. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay. And the kid's like, wow, J.K. Rowling's writing style just got better for a couple sentences. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> controversial. I'm controversial king. Oh my on this god, episode. Sandra, you're really trying to make enemies today. I know, I know. Trying to be, you're trying to stay relevant. I respect that. <laughs> I, I, I'd say that I hate. I, I'm a, I'm a Ron Weasley when it comes to those spiders. Because mm. no, yeah, spooky, scary, huh? Very spooky, scary. And the shrieking eels are spooky, scary. Yeah. And the eels are great because I think in the books it's sharks, but eels are just, they're scarier. And all their needly little teeth, you can see them coming. Like, they've used puppets, clearly. Oh my god, have you seen a moray eel's mouth? Ugh. Google that. I'm I'm going to do that right now. Moray. Absolutely Google it because it is nightmare fuel. Oh my god, look at these. Yikes. That's its actual mouth. It looks like, a, like someone's shoved glass. Into its jaw. It looks like Superman's hideout. <laughs> yeah. The fortress of deathitude. Yeah, they keep it pretty subtle. Like, you don't see much of the eels. So it's, like, scarier because they're, like, under the water for the most of it. And then we cut to Fred Savage and the grandpa, and um, he's quite distressed. <laughs> Grandpa's <laughs> like, look, just got to tell you right now, nothing happens. Yeah. She doesn't die. It's fine. I remember being a kid watching that being like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. And I like his line as well, where he's like, um, I wasn't nervous. I was just a little bit concerned. That's all. Yeah, I wasn't scared. I was just concerned. I think we all were. So she's picked up and put back into the boat. While this has been happening, uh, is it Inigo, I think? He's yes. noticing that there is um, a boat chasing them. Inconceivable. I love the way they reveal it as well. They're like, because Inigo keeps looking over his shoulder, like into the darkness. And Vasini's like, stop that. What are you doing? And he's like, are you sure no one's following us? And he's like, that would be absolutely inconceivable. But out of curiosity, why do you ask? And he was like, because yeah. uh, someone's uh, following us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? 
I love the line as well. He's right on top of us. I wonder if he's using the same wind we're using. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's great. This this is pure comedy, you guys. Doesn't get better than that. And then they reach the cliffs of insanity. The cliffs of insanity! They're big cliffs. They are very big. The set's really cool. Yeah, they did that with miniatures, right? Yeah, maybe for the big vista when you see the whole thing in one shot. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. As they're climbing this rope that they left there, I love I love them climbing and then they're being followed up the cliff. My only note for this scene is... Now that's a rope. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big rope. It's that's a, true. It's a comically large rope that once they... It's huge. Once they reach the top of the cliff, they've got to cut it with a comically small dagger. Mm, mm. But it, and he does, and it's very satisfying, actually. Mm. Slices right through that rope. They cut the rope, and uh, yeah, the man in black that is following them uh, grabs onto the cliff and doesn't fall down. Inconceivable! Mm. <laughs> You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Ah, so good. I have a big smile on my face right now. This is this is so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for the next month, I'm going to be using quotes from this movie. Oh, 100%. It is eminently memeable. It's a crime that it wasn't made. Like, it didn't wasn't released in the time of memes because it would have destroyed TikTok. You know it would. Yo, absolutely, absolutely. Just very quickly, there is a quote from Fezzik just before they leave, which is, um, you be careful, people in masks can't be trusted. And I just wrote down below that, uh-oh, Fezzik's getting political. Oh no. <laughs> boo! Boo! Sergeant Boo! The other line they say later about masks is way more relevant. They leave Montoya to uh, deal with the man in black as they, uh, as they take the princess further into the woods or the, or the park the nature reserve where they're filming. Yeah, he, uh, he's a little impatient, you know? Mm. He wants to get to the fighting part, so he's watching the guy climb up the cliff. It is kind of sweet, though, that he's like, you may be waiting to kill this man. Be careful. But be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's a big sweetie. He's the sweetest. When I was little, you know, I had no idea that the man in black was Wesley from the beginning. Like, I was, I remember being genuinely shocked. It's not super obvious. Well, because he doesn't talk much, I think. And his voice is so iconic, yeah. especially as the man in black. He's very, like, snarky and, mm. um, yeah. and sardonic. He grows a mustache. He's basically, he's basically unrecognizable. <laughs> I, I, oh, I was definitely fooled. I, I had no idea. The reveal was fantastic for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- yeah. I, th- I think I was fooled as well. And then you're like, oh, then you're like her and you're like, he is alive and he's funny. <laughs> but back to the sword fight, mm. the best scene in all of cinema history. Yeah. Yeah. He saves the, the man some time by throwing the rope back down again for him to climb up. Because he's excited, he wants to fight. Yeah, he really wants to sword fight him, so he helps him up. They have a little talk and he explains how his dad was murdered by a person with uh, six fingers on their hand. So he's looking to murder them in exchange. Give him the old stab in the whatever. The old stabby stab. It's a very, like, intense story as well. And this is where it starts to get, like, quite emotional. (laughs) As you say, in the books, that sounds... That sounds intense. Yeah, it's a solid 30 pages or something in the books uh, as they flash back. Yeah, he was 11 as well when it happened. And the man in black gave him, the, uh, not the man in black, the six-fingered man gave him those two scars on the side of his face. Yes. It's like a reminder. The sword fight commences with the quote, 
you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you from Montoya. And then the man in black responds with, well, you seem to be a decent fellow. I hate to die. Amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I also wrote that one too. One of the great lines of cinema. And then they start sword fighting. And I, one of my favorite things is they start talking about it like chess nerds. Like, <laughs> yes. Aha. As you've opened with the reverse King Solomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, naturally, you must assume I would respond with the Ninja Turtles vow of chastity. Like, they just start pulling <laughs> out these weird names. I wonder if they're real fencing terms. They probably... They are. They are. Oh, wow. Cool. So I know for I know for a fact, this is the bit I want to know, that they use actual fencing in this scene. It looks legit, for sure. Yeah, they, they use actual fencing techniques and other things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm. real fencing you're seeing. Like, real sport-y fencing sort of stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, because I guess Elways was wearing a mask, so that's probably a stunt double. And then you've got um, Montoya, who is actually a fencer. Yeah, so. they do use uh, body doubles for both, but I believe Montoya actually did most of his scenes. Oh, uh, yeah, there is the flip as well, which is quite a wide shot, so... Mm-hmm. But they do most of their own stunt work, which is quite impressive. Anything where you can see their face, which is quite a bit of it. As Yeah, we get a lot of shots from the perspective of the man in the mask fighting. You could see the other guy in mm. Montoya's face. I believe a, a few of those, it's a stunt double. Um, but yeah, it's used a lot. It was used a lot, I should say. I'm not sure if it's used now in stunt like training like this is how you do it ah well there's not nearly enough fencing in movies today no nowadays it's all well i mean jason Bourne completely ruined action movies so it's all just like the shaky mm. hand-to-hand combat now i also it also comes with the the line that i love uh, get used to disappoint but he's like who are you yeah and the man of black's like no no consequence and then he goes says i must know and the man in black says, get used to disappointment. And Inigo says, okay. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie has that underlying theme of like, hey kids, life, eh, no, not fair. Get used to disappointment. <laughs> yeah. But I just love that Inigo's like, okay. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Look, you got me there. And they get back to fighting. The set that they're fighting in looks quite kind of cheap, but I think it's on purpose. Yeah. Like, there's moments where they're pushing over some rocks and it's quite obviously styrofoam, or they're jumping yeah. up and down and it's quite obviously a soundstage, but I think that just adds to it a lot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It adds to it. When I, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was all real, you know. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Mm. But it definitely adds to that, like, Errol Flynn swashbuckling feel that it's clearly a soundstage that you're like yeah this is this hustle fight's are meant to happen <laughs> so the man in black knocks out Inigo instead of killing him and says the line I'd uh, I'd sooner smash a stained glass window than what is kill, it kill an artist I think yes like yourself which is very sweet I like I like their whole left hand thing yes oh yeah we didn't the most important part of that scene Inigo tells Vicini that uh, he he wants to enjoy the fight. Like he doesn't want it to be over too quickly, so he's going to fight left-handed. Because um, if he used his right hand, it would be over too quickly. And then he, midway through the fight with the man in black, he reveals that he's not left-handed. And then a little bit later on, the man in black himself reveals that he is also not left-handed. Yeah, and it's like, whoa! Because we know going into it that Montoya is using his left hand, but not that the man in black is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that. It's a true anime moment, I feel. <laughs> it you know. is. He's over 9,000! 
Yeah, yeah. My the, the my power level. I wasn't using my full power. <laughs> I was also not using my full power. Anyway, he he goes to chase after the princess. They see him coming and they're like, inconceivable! <laughs> He's defeated the other guy. So um, the giant is left to deal with him in his way. Yes. It's in a sportsman-like fight. Yeah, he's like, what's my way? And Vicini says, hit him with a rock. And he's like, my way doesn't sound very sportsmanlike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he changes it to just a fist fight or just like a melee fight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. We get, ah, oh, so we're going to try and kill each other like civilized people. Yeah, that's kind of funny. And Fezzik continues talking about uh, how uncomfortable masks are. Zach, I, I think you've got the quote. Oh, yes. He asks, why are you wearing a mask? And he says, did you get burned by acid? <laughs> I was like, no, I just think it's terribly comfortable. I think everyone in the future will be wearing one. Oh, <laughs> ah, here we are again. And I was like, aha, very, very, very much a prediction. Look, I'm going to say, I will say that his mask looks quite comfortable. Like it looks like a supple leather. <laughs> It's a good outfit as well. It's quite simple. It's a great outfit. Uh, The man in black jumps on Fezzik's back and cuts off the air supply and knocks him out. I love how they continue their conversation right up to the very end. (laughs) They're like casually chatting as one's choking the other one out. Yeah, I think the oboe is doing a lot of heavy lifting during the Fezzik fight to like tell us exactly how to feel about this to set the tone as like wow 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 we haven't talked about the soundtrack yet but it's perfectly timed up to every moment of action or every kind of reveal mm. it's it's great there's one moment um in that sword fight where Montoya throws his sword up into the air and then the soundtrack just like cuts out for a full second as it's falling back mm. down and then resumes as mm. he um as he grabs it I'd love to see I don't really want to go see any other movie but this one where it's like the orchestra plays along with the movie mm, like a lot yeah. of the time i'm like and eh, back to the future who cares great movie but yeah but for this it would be a great experience yeah for sure i remember studying one of the scenes from this film in music class mm. growing up like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty on point it doesn't have any like sweeping memorable themes you know in the way that like lord of the rings or any of those old superhero movies did but the music is very, like, evocative. It sets the tone really well. Oh, the music is done by um, one of the guys from Dire Straits. No way! <laughs> Mark Knopfler? The, that's the guy from Dire Straits. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, well, that explains why it's kind of all on a synth. It's the year that he left the mm. band. He went and did this. <laughs> that's so crazy. And, and that explains the great song at the end. Uh, I, uh, great? Oh, no, it's, I like it. (laughs) Probably just for nostalgic reasons, probably just because, yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was a little jarring for me, but I was like, ah, this is funny. I wonder if we're going to mention it. It's just a part of the experience for me. I, I, I don't think I watched the credits as a kid, so when I, I you know, I was I was grooving along with the credits and suddenly that started <laughs> playing. I was like, wait, what? Oh, whoa, okay, <laughs> that was a choice. I did not expect this all of a sudden. I do not remember ever hearing that song as a kid. Really? I, I have strong memories of it. Then we cut back to Humperdinck mm. and he's tracking them and he's stepping in the footprints 
that Inigo and the Men of Black have left behind. And every time I go to the beach, I step in other people's footprints in Humperdinck's honor. <laughs> and that's what I think of. I love that. Yeah, like how he's just this this master hunter. But he's this yeah. prince and he's like leaping around rocks and stuff. It's so good. At least he has like a personality, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Farquaad didn't. Not to bring it back to Farquaad again, but like he didn't have anything like that. Oh uh, yeah, I do like him as a villain. He's a very good villain. He's great. In the fact that he just has these like sort of goals and he's gonna do them. And he's not necessarily bad at anything. It's not like he's he's comically bad at everything. He's a bad guy and bad guys never prosper or anything. Yeah. He's like an equal enemy. He's yeah. like worthy. There's a reason he's at high up on power and all that, you know? Yeah. The man in black catches up with Vizini and uh, and the, the princess at a picnic. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah, Vizini just like set up a little picnic table. <laughs> yes. Mm. Blindfolded the princess, held a knife up to her throat, got everything nice and ready. Yeah, yeah. I like his logic. Like, he can't beat him physically. Mm-hmm. You're a very smart man, are you? He says. And then Vicini's like, <laughs> you know Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Morons. <laughs> and I wrote, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> I love how he's how he's not like, I'm going to say something that'll blow your mind. No, he's just like, I'm going <laughs> to... Morons. I'm going to call these guys morons. I love it. No, I love it. Especially, like, having read them, I'm like... Yeah, you tell them, Vicini. <laughs> yeah. They are big dummies sometimes. They have the battle of wits, which involves two glasses mm. of wine, and uh, always puts poison in one of them. Ooh, which one is it going to be? I always thought it looked like a sherbet stick. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. It looked kind of yummy. Also, I was today years old when I learned that sherbet only has one R in it. Oh, yeah. That's just our weird accent, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what they say, you know, Australia. It's just full of criminals. (laughs) Criminals, so you can't be trusted, (laughs) you know? It's so good. Dealing with Australians. I was like, oh, hey, this Australian is full of criminals joke. I did not remember that at all in this movie. Yeah, I didn't expect that in this movie. (laughs) It's weird that that this movie that takes place during, like, medieval times references a country. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that happened. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah criminals yeah, didn't yeah. go to Australia until the 1800s. It's, 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 the time frame does not seem to add up. Love it though. It's nice to feel included, you know. I also love how the man in black says, make your choice, which is a sore thing, and the actor was in sore. Ooh. He says the sore line. Make your choice. I like the, the, the logical leaps, which is like, well, I can't pick your cup because if you think that I think that you know, <laughs> that you know that I know, then I cannot logically pick your cup. But therefore, this, this, that, that, and I cannot pick my cup. So, and, and that just goes on for ages. And then the man in black's like, you're stalling. Yeah. They, they finally end that with a, um, a uh, look what's over there joke. <laughs> <laughs> And the man in black absolutely falls for it. When I was a little kid, I was like, don't fall for it. He's, he secretly swaps the goblets, then picks one of them. They drink him and then goes, ha ha, I swapped the goblets, you fool. You've fallen for one of the classic blunders. <laughs> the first one of which is, of course, never get involved in a land war in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> and the second, only slightly lesser known as this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> and then he laughs until he immediately dies. Immediately dies. And it's the best moment in TV. And I thought that was the peak of comedy as well when I was a kid. Oh, it's it's comedy gold. 
Because he's like, he built up an immunity to this poison over the last few years. Yeah, that's the reveal that the man in black's immune, and he poisoned both the goblets. He poisoned both goblets. Also, one of the goblets looks like it's melting. Just like, it's slightly off-center. Hmm. I did not notice that at all. The set design is like, thanks, Sandra. He unties Buttercup and they run off mm-hmm. into the rocky fields. And he immediately starts being mean to her. I was like, the first hint that the mysterious masked man is your boyfriend is when he immediately starts slut-shaming you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wesley, is that you? He reveals that he is the Dread Pirate Roberts. Mm. And she's like, ah, oh, you killed my one true love. I'll never be happy again. And he's like, is that you're really your one true love? Because you seem to get engaged to that prince pretty quick. And she's like, don't you dare mock me. I died that day. She's saying her heart was broken when her when her lover died. And he's like, I I remember killing him. And he said you were faithful, but you're not because you, you got engaged to this prince. And she's like, no, I loved him. And then she's like, you can die too for all I care. She pushes him down the cliff. Pushes him down a hill. And then as he falls, he says, as you wish. <laughs> yes. That's classic. And she's like, oh, my Wesley, what have I done? And she jumps down after him and turns into a grown man, a stunt man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the dubbed, ooh, ah, 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 as they're rolling down as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but then they come to the bottom of the hill and he comes over and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, you're alive. And they're reunited and it's the best. It's the most romantic moment. Ew, no, grandpa, the kissing again. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Now, Zach, I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to do an in the book right now because I think you need oh. to know this. <laughs> you do not hate to be that guy. Stop lying. I do. I love being this guy, actually. It's very fun. <laughs> Zach's going to be th- th- this guy next month when we do Will of Time, though, so it's fine. Ooh. <laughs> I am. I am going to be it. I'm excited to watch that, actually. Yeah. Wheel of Time is fantastic. I'm so excited. In the book, that whole <laughs> reunion is cut. That's right. Mm. It's this long section of the book where the author's like, for some reason, Morganston did not include this in the original book. I've written my own version, but due to legal <laughs> reasons, I can't put it in the book. So if you send me a letter, I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Is he implying that he made it dirty? Yeah, no, that's what I thought the grandpa was doing, was, like, cutting out the next bit because it was it was a bit, you know, yeah. steamy. <laughs> also, at this point, um, Fred Savage has a peanut butter sandwich that looks almost as good as young Carrie Elway's. <laughs> and I just love the idea that, like, they're just passing the time, mum's brought them some food, like, they're just having a fun day of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at this point in the movie, you eight-year-old you probably has a snack as well, so you're just in there vibing. At this point in the movie, yeah, you probably would. Do you know what I used to have? I used to have, um, my grandmother would prepare a little bowl of goodies, so it would have, like, little crackers, it would have biscuits, um, it would have, like, little lollies in it, it would have all these assortments of goods. I remember I was a good boy, and I would always eat the crackers, and the savoury stuff before I got to the sweets. Ah, very good. Saving the best for last. Yeah, you save that for last. And then I'd get a little thing of cordial, and I would watch Blue's Clues Aww. and The Wiggles. Aww. Did you ever have that? Did you ever watch The Princess Bride? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> watch The Princess Bride. I was a bit younger then. I don't know, that's the feeling, though, don't you think? Mm. Like, being a kid with your snacks, 
sitting on the carpet and the Princess Bride is on your enormous square TV. <laughs> yes, mm. the square TV. You're missing half of the frame. It's deeper than it is wide. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for going on a tangent there about my childhood. It was a long tangent. Look, it was going to be a long episode anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about, man. That's what this is. Trip back into the childhood. They head into the fire swamp, which, uh, again, the set doesn't look real, but it looks incredible. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It it didn't seem too bad. The trees are actually quite lovely. (laughs) The trees are quite lovely. Well, I'm not saying I'd get a summer house here, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you know. Also, every girl wants just one thing. And that is young Carrie always to walk with them around the fire swamp and like lift them out of danger of the fire. <laughs> like he just picks her up and puts it like when the fire spurts, like they're like a little volcanic burst of fire pops up out of the ground. He just picks her up and puts her, mm. puts her away from danger. And it's like, that, that should be me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, that, that in the scene and the look she gives him when he's like, this place isn't so bad. Yeah, it's like, wow, you're insane. (laughs) Are you kidding me? As they're walking and he's talking, he just casually picks her up, puts him to the left so she doesn't burn to death. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. It's it's the dream. Yes, he explains that he's, yeah, how he became the pirate and that the dread pirate Roberts is not a person, it's a name passed down. So he, when he was captured, he turned into the guy's cabin boy. And the Dread Pirate Roberts was like, good night, Wesley, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. <laughs> and uh, and then eventually it happened. Dread Pirate Roberts wanted to retire and he brought Carrie Always in and he was like, you're going to be the new Dread Pirate Roberts. And then Sean from Napster came and told them to drop the the and just be dead Dread Pirate <laughs> Roberts. Mm, mm. Buttercup steps in some lightning sand and... um. <laughs> It's not just quick, it's lightning. Yeah. And Wesley has to save her from that. There's also a giant rat, which is definitely not just a guy walking on all fours. Well, it's a it's a rat of unusual size. <laughs> rat of unusual size. Rodent of unusual size, not just... That, that's right. And it's scary. Scary. The tongue is just, like, waggling back and forth. It's real mm, Yeah, it's, it's real super... Scary. It looks like some Jim Henson shit. <laughs> yeah, some Dark Crystal stuff. Yeah. All I could think of um, in that was actually the practical effects for the thing and imagining that as the thing. And that was terrifying for me. <laughs> but also, I like I like the way he defeats it. Is he hears one of the fire bursts going off and, like, intentionally rolls into it it's he's got brains not just brawn you know and then they uh and then they escape the swamp but oh no prince humperdinck is there with all the kin king's army and and men etc and they're like we're gonna kill you but buttercup says well if i go with you will you spare his life and they say sure wink wink nudge nudge and um, they immediately are like, hey, we'll, we'll throw him in the pit of despair. Let's say we did, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like the conversation where he's like, let's take you back to your ship. And it's like, we're, we're men of action. Lying is unbecoming. And he's like, well, yeah, fair point. I do like when um in, when the prince is like, um, surrender. And then Wesley's like, you wish to surrender to me? Very well, I accept <laughs> He's like, and, he, and the prince is like, full points for bravery and also full points for, I know you are, but what am I, logic? That's that's what I like about his lines. It's always replying to, like, a character's thing. He has this mm. quick wit about yeah. him. And then, he, and then he sees the count. He sees that the count has six fingers on his right hand. And he's like, you have six fingers on his right hand. But unfortunately, that's what the count's sensitive about. And so he knocks him out immediately. 
Oxmount is brought down to the pit of despair where we see uh, oh, this creepy character <laughs> with this voice, very spooky. <laughs> but it's actually a normal person with a normal voice. <laughs> that is like Mel Brooks level comedy, though. That is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's little things like that which I don't remember from the movie that take me by surprise whenever when I, when I see it back again because I didn't remember that and I was like, oh, oh, he has a normal voice. Oh, right. I don't know if that joke is original for the movie. I have a feeling that was probably used in something else before this. But oh, still, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's still well done though. It's probably in some like some Mel Brooks or like Muppet movie or something. Oh yeah, I love the Muppet movie where they have a giant torture device to torture. <laughs> You're you say that as if the Muppets wouldn't absolutely fucking do that. Oh yeah, I'm just imagine. Kurt Kermit being sucked of his life force. Wow, wow, wow. We see that Buttercup has married Humperdinck and the kid's like, you're wrong. You're reading the book wrong, you dumb boomer. Dad, it's not supposed to be this way. Also, his granddad is not a boomer. No. He's like a member mm. of the silent generation for sure. <laughs> I feel like he's the, the positive half of a boomer, you know. He's like... His mum is a boomer. But boomer's a state of mind. It's not really a... <laughs> it's not an actual generation. It's boomer's a, a way of life. Yeah, yeah. It's because he's like, books... Books. He doesn't say books are better, but this book is better, you know. And that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the booing woman starts up. She goes, boo! 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 That was me when Bradgelina broke up. Boo! She's credited as the ancient booer in the credits <laughs> of the movie. Amazing. She's like, she had true love and she wasted it! Wasted it. Boo! And then Buttercup wakes up, it was all a nightmare! <laughs> and the kid was like, I knew it wasn't, I knew it was gonna be a nightmare. And then the granddad says, Yes, you're very smart, shut up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wrote that down, yeah. Yes, you're very smart. Now shut up. So she's got 10 days until the wedding. She goes and sees Humperdinck and is like, oh, I'm going to kill myself if I've got to marry someone I don't love. No one asked Buttercup, are you okay? Are you okay, Dave? And so the prince is like, all right, that's fine. Uh, Sure, marriage is off. We're going to send some letters to Wesley. And if he gets here in time, that means that he feels the same way, I guess. And then you can get married. If not, just marry me. Political reasons. You know what it's like. Yeah, I'm totally a reasonable guy. I'm definitely not planning his and your murder. So just, yeah. Just chill out, honestly. Yeah, don't, don't kill yourself. If he wasn't planning her murder, he would have sounded like a very reasonable guy, actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> He's true. like, please consider me as an alternative to suicide. <laughs> and I'm like, that would be nice if you weren't trying to murder her. If you weren't, yeah, actively the worst. Yeah. We see Wesley's tied into the machine, all capitalized. Not gonna lie, the machine scared me a lot when I was a kid. That's pretty spooky. Like, and the fact that it's on its lowest setting as well, and he's like screaming like that, it's intense. Yeah. I think I found it funny. <gasps> You're a psychopath. That probably just goes to show that I'm <laughs> quite messed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're crazy. And that's why you're doing this whole book is better thing as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if this, the machine was the scariest part, but I think it's a pretty intimidating. As a child, you look at this machine and go, oh, shoot. Oh, boy, mister, this this machine's going to... 
going to really do some damage to him. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I do want to know the science behind it, though. Like, that would be very funny. I'd love to read an essay on how it works. <laughs> no, it's definitely magic. It sucks the life out of you. Yeah. It's got the suction powers of science to suck the <laughs> life out of you. I thought it was el- I thought it was electric. That's what I remember as a child, that it was electric. Oh, it's like shocking him. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought as a child, but no, it is suck him. Yeah. Well, he does have, like, those, like, things on the side of his head. Yeah, yeah, so I guess as a child, I was just thinking of Frankenstein, so I thought he was being electrocuted. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the vibe. I like before they go down to torture him, how they have that little powwow up at the top by the tree. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. BFF goals. Oh, man, I am swamped with work. I've got so much. <laughs> I have my wedding to plan, my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wife to murder, and guilty to blame for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm swamped. I, I've played this character in D&D. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's like, ah, yes, now I have to murder this one so that everything will go perfectly as planned. Can't have that, you know. Mm-hmm. And they are genuinely BFF goals as well. Uh, but the real question is, which one of them is Hamish and which one of them is Andy? <laughs> <laughs> the prince has got to be Hamish, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very <laughs> local reference for our majority American listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer for sure. We cut to the thieves' area. The thieves' forest. The thieves' forest. And we see Montoya. He's drunk outside of a tavern thing. And the guards are like, move out of here, you drunk. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm waiting for Vizzini. (laughs) (laughs) Was that good? (laughs) That was great. That was great. He told me to go back to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So here I am. And uh, one of the soldiers that is there to move him along is Fezzik. Oh! Oh! Whoa! He's been hired as the gun. And he's like, hey there, we're gonna go wake you up. And he gives him some stew, and he dunks his head in some water. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Oh, that was great! Because there's there's a hot water and cold water, and he's manhandling him (laughs) with such ease. He just goes, dunk in one, dunk in the other, dunk in one. And he's like, all right, stop, stop, (laughs) stop. He's like, enough. It's so good. Um... (laughs) He tells him him, um, that the uh, six-fingered man uh, is in the castle. Mm. And he knows that that the men in black is being kept as as a prisoner. And he's got to stop the Priants. Mm. I wrote that down. He says Prince is Priants, which is cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they immediately set out with no plan, no plan, no idea what they're doing. But they know they have to find the uh, the black masked man. He can help them. Because if he beat them in strength and steel, he must have beated... What's what's the other guy's name? This is Vizzini, yeah. Yeah, Vizzini in wits. So he's going to be smart so he can come up with a plan. So they go to find him. Exactly. Meanwhile, Buttercup has figured out that the prince never actually sent the messages off to Wesley. And she confronts him and he gets real angry. He drags her uh, into a room and locks the door, then goes downstairs to kill Wesley. Honestly, kind of kind of a dick move, I'd say. I'm starting to think he's not even that good of a guy. No, they kill Wesley. He's dead. Yeah, they, they set the machine up to 50, which means it's 50 years off his life. And if we've calculated it so far, right, what, uh, how old was he to be coming to? Was it 25, 50 years off? And the average lifespan for medieval was like 50? 50. Well, in the 
book, uh, it starts off in Buttercup 16 at the start of the book. So I think, mm. what, she's 22? Because it's five years. So yeah. he'd probably be about that. Oh my God, they're just babies. Yeah. Yeah. And average lifespan, like 30 for, for medieval times. He's well and truly dead. Yeah, 100%. And the yelling is heard across the lands. Yeah, and I like Montoya's thing. It's like, that's the lament of, you know... The only person who could possibly be feeling that much pain right now is the man in black, because his true love is about to be married to another man. I like as well how, how Montoya is um is in that clearing that we saw earlier where the prince and the count were in, and he's like, I don't know where the entrance to the pit of despair is. Father, guide my sword. Yeah! The music is pretty intense. And then he it finally, like, the sword point hits the tree and he's like, ugh, it was useless. It didn't work. And he leans against the tree and he manages to hit the knot that makes the door in the tree open. Yeah. Wow. All of his scenes have such impact, you know, because he's just mm. on this mission to avenge his father. It's great. Mm-hmm. It is weird that they cut out the zoo of death stuff because um, they've got to kind of go down yeah. through various levels and fight spiders and snakes and stuff. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, it's not as necessary. Like, not really. Yeah. You get that he having his little torture chambers enough for you to think that the prince is a bad guy. Yeah, it's a it's a cut for time sort of thing. I'm sure. Well, and budget. I mean, for, for sixteen million, it would be hard to get a giant spider and stuff. <laughs> oh my god! If there was a giant spider, it is a bit of a shame that's out. But you know, it makes sense. It's a, you know, cut for time. Just like the intro, yeah. you can't have a thirty minute long intro with, with nothing really to do with the rest of the book. I mean, the intro sums it up. So, yeah. Uh, they see Wesley d- is dead and they uh, and they take his body to a miracle man. <laughs> miracle Max and his wife, Valerie. Not a witch. I, l- I love them. They're just this random characters that come along. They're like in for five minutes. They're like, where did these guys come from? This is so plot convenient. This is perfect. But basically, Humperdinck fired Miracle Max, and now he's really bitter about it. So he wants to help them so he can humiliate the prince. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to help them at first because he's kind of retired. He doesn't want to help people anymore. He was fired from his job. He's cranky. He's old. But then they're like, oh, we want to go revive this guy so they can stop the wedding and upset Humperdinck. And I was like, oh, wait, you, you, you want to cause Humperdinck problems? All right, now I'm in. Now I'm in. Yeah. And he gives them a chocolate-covered pill. <laughs> the chocolate makes it go down easier. <laughs> Carrie Elways, his acting here as well as, like, his body is slowly coming back. It's so funny. He's good. He, mm. you know. The way he flops his head around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a great mannequin. So, yeah, they, they revive him, and it's supposed to take, what, 15 minutes, but he instantly wakes up. <laughs> yeah. They're like, how do we know if it works? And he's like, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. He wakes up and he's like, I'll fight you. And he's like, why can't I move my arms? And they're like, you've been mostly dead all day. <laughs> they have a quick conversation to come up with a plan. They're like, uh, it's like, all right, what do we got? Well, we got me, him, uh, and 60 guards at the gate. And he's like, impossible. If only I had a wheelbarrow. And they're like, we've got a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Why did you mention this earlier? If only I had a Holocaust coat. Which is interesting that they kept that. Um... Yeah, that's kind of intense, isn't it? Considering mm. that the Holocaust does not mean fire anymore. No, just call it a fireproof coat. Fireproof coat, yeah. Anyway, Fezzik produces the coat that he somehow got from Miracle Max. <laughs> yeah, plot device number two. 
and they wait until nighttime, uh, which is the time to attack, just as the wedding is happening. And, like, the movie's been kind of Monty Python light. It's got that sense of humour, but not... It's, it takes itself a little bit more seriously, yeah. Yeah, not as far as, like, Spaceballs would go, um, or, you know, any other Mel Brooks type of movie. It's not, like, a straight-up parody. But it kind of does in this scene, in the marriage scene. <laughs> marriage, baby! <laughs> marriage. That dream within a dream. Knowledge is what brings us together. Princess Bawawaf. True love will follow you forever. (laughs) I want to just follow this character around for a movie. That'd be fun. In the credits, he's listed as impressive clergyman. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Yeah, I like that this is like Monty Python if Monty Python had serious spits in it, you know? Yeah, Monty Python, like, there were women. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and they were hot and there was genuine chemistry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever they had a sexy woman in Monty Python, like, the joke was that there was a sexy woman. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) They're like, isn't sexy women funny? Isn't that a funny concept? Yeah. Oh, dear. Great show, though. They're very funny. Amazing. Perfect. So so they dress the giant in a a giant fireproof cloak. Yes. And put him on a cart to push towards the gate. Make him into a spooky fire ghost, yeah. Yeah, they then have him say that uh, he is uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts, who once again makes an appearance in the story. I love that they keep referencing it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there will be no survivors. And then they light him on fire. Light him on fire. And then all the guards run away aside from uh, the guard that has the key. The guard captain, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his character. <laughs> I like earlier when he was in the prince's, um, mm. when the prince was like debriefing him and he put his hand on the prince's <laughs> chair and the prince just looked at it until he moved it up. Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh crap. Oh, oh, so sorry. That's an unsung joke. They're like, give a, give us the key. And it's like, oh, I've got no key. Fezzik, tear his arms off. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this key? <laughs> oh, you mean this key? <laughs> like, that conversation took ten seconds. Yeah. And absolutely one of the most realistic exchanges in the movie, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, You wouldn't no. absolutely be like, this key? <laughs> yeah. That one made me laugh out loud. That was, I love that. That was so funny. Speaking of laugh out loud, the next part as well got me when Montoya uh, and the Count, they face off in the hallway and the, the <laughs> Count's like, all my men attack him. And Montoya just dispatches them all under, like, five seconds. The tension rises, the music swells, and the Count just runs away. He just bolts. <laughs> yeah, immediately just bolts. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and I did laugh out loud, so there you go. That's very funny. And then he closes the door, and then he goes just throwing his little body against the door, <laughs> trying to bash it down. And he's like, He's getting away! He's getting away! <laughs> and so Fezzik leaves Carrie always hanging on to a suit of armour. So you can go bash the door down for a new coat. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Because he's still bashing away at it. And then he says, like, all right, hold up, hold up, buddy. I got this. Boop. All right, you can there go. There you go. And then the comedy kind of gets stripped away. And it's a very, it's another very solid fight. It's intense. It's an intense scene and like emotional as well. You know, like you got that, you got the emotional setup with the, the story about the father and it all kind of comes to a head here, where Inigo finally gets to say his his rehearsed lines. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. 
<laughs> it's it's fantastic. It's good. And then they uh, battle after he's been like stabbed multiple times. Yeah. It's all over for him. We're really afraid. Yeah. I like how um they're constantly like sticking each other with their fencing swords, except the blood only appears when you cut back to them. And the blood's like quite dark and realistic looking as well. Like it's it's probably yeah. It's it's suddenly just is such a uh, a brutal scene, mm. you know, from comedy to this. It's yeah. And then he he like tells him to try and bribe him. You yeah, know? he's like offer me money, and he's like I'll give you anything you want. Offer me wealth, offer me fame, offer me anything I want. And he's like, anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's good. Wah, stab. Oh, oh, that gave me chills. That was the only line I said out loud on this run through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It varies from, from watch to watch, but that one, you have to say. Yeah. That one gave me chills. I was like, whoa, damn. But where's Wesley gone? Well, Wesley has crawled into Buttercup's honeymoon suite. Woohoo! Which is good because she's like, well, time to get this dagger out, do a little plungeroo, end my life. And then he says one of the best and worst things ever said. <laughs> yeah. He says, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It would be a shame to damage yours. And she's like, Wesley, my darling, you're here. It's it's on brand for him. It's funny as fuck. Like, it's fine. It's the 80s. We're, let's just vibe it. Technically, the marriage doesn't count either because uh, they didn't say I do. That's how it works. Yeah. That's where I learned that as a child. I think it's, yeah, technically it's more the paperwork afterwards that mm. makes it count or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I don't think they had the paperwork back then. So it was just I do's. You, you know? just have blood on the bed sheets. And then the prince arrives, and he's like, well, I don't think that matters very much. I'll, I'll quickly change that. <laughs> Bit of a technicality. We'll fix that all up. And then he goes on this very long tangent, which is basically just him buying time. Yeah, he's trying to buy time for strength, and he's also trying to bluff. And it honestly sounds a bit like a copypasta. It does a bit. <laughs> I like I like it because he's, he's, he's buying time, but he's also trying to bluff the prince. But the prince is also like... It's a bluff, though. But then the guy stands up and he's like, oh, shit, never mind. I'm... And he, like, gathers up his little coat, like, his little cape together and, like, sits on his chair waiting to be tied <laughs> yeah. up. It's just so... Have you ever, like, worn a long coat and you got to sit on the toilet so you just gather it up? <laughs> yes. In your house. That's what that feels like. That's what that makes me think of. Yeah. Yeah, they tie him up. They look out the window and Fezzik's out there with uh, with four white horses that they can escape on. And she leaps down out of the window. Yeah. And that's a beautiful shot. And Fezzik catches her. I think the only thing to mention is that uh, he offers Montoya the chance to be the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because Montoya's like, now that I've achieved my revenge, which was the whole point of my life, I kind of don't know what to do. And he's like, you'd make a very good pirate. A good pirate. Oh, I've never thought about that before. I will consider it. Mm. And then they head off. They ride off best friends forever. Uh, now, there's a bunch of stuff from the book that I'm like, oh, it's a shame they didn't include that. I'm glad they didn't include the ending of the book, <laughs> because I think that would uh, potentially ruin a few things. I can't remember it. What was it? Yeah, what's the ending? The ending of the book is like, and they ride off into the sunset, and then Wesley's effects wear off and he's dead again, and then the prince catches up <laughs> with them, and then... Oh my they just ruin it, do they? <laughs> they just completely ruin it, and it ends on the, this cliffhanger for a sequel that was never going to get made. 
It's good. Which, I mean, there's a lot of foreshadowing with the whole, like, expect disappointment and that stuff. But it's... Yeah. It's like the kind of shit that's, like, the... Because the whole thing's... The whole book's basically a prank. It is, it is. But yeah, that wouldn't have worked in the movie at all. I'm I'm quite glad <laughs> like that would have been a weird inclusion. Nah, we like to see them kiss at the end. Even even Frank Fred Savage. Yeah. Yeah. I love the happy little ending. That <laughs> my childhood is ruined now that I know that's the canon one of the book. No, they're both canon. It's two different stories, Zach. Yeah, okay. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. He lives at the end. Everything's okay. <laughs> that was... I don't really read books and then have, like, an audible kind of response to it. I'm not going, oh, I can't believe that <laughs> happened. But I laughed out loud while I was reading that. <laughs> You're like, this asshole. And then it ends with Fred Savage being like, Grandpa, come, maybe you can come over next week and read it to me again. And Grandpa turns to the camera and says, as you wish. Aww. Now, the first time I watched this when I was very young, I was like, wait, Grandpa is Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> Not understanding how time works. <laughs> it just means that he loves him. And that's sweet. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. My love is like no, no, we won't a talk story about that. No, no, no. story. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what do we call the award that's better than a goodie this year, Zach? It's just the Good Porridge Award, isn't it? Yep. We could have uh, this one as the Inconceivable Porridge Award. Inconceivably good porridge. Yeah. It's warm, it's comforting, it feels like home, it feels like your childhood. Yeah. It brought me back, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I uh, is it be- it's better than RoboCop. It's better yeah, than Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's better than RoboCop. Yeah, for sure. RoboCop's a good movie, but this one's definitely like it's one of the best movies ever. Yeah, Mm. I I mean, I mean, so is like Robocop. It's like five out of five for me as well. But this is just like, I would watch this next week before watching that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you would, this is like, you would show it to your children. Like Mm. this is such an important part of culture and life for a lot of people, I think. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen it recently, just watch it. Just, just, just sit down, give it a watch. It'll make you feel good. Add and remove, nothing. (laughs) Literally nothing. In the film, like, the relationship between Buttercup and Wesley, like, it's pretty simple, not deeply developed, but it's still quite moving and and still quite, you know, affecting. Is that the case in the book? So I read the book, like, a while, like, a long time ago when I was a kid and I didn't really get it very much. The book is more like true love needs to be in this story for the sake of the stories. (laughs) Oh, it's a bit more cynical? Okay, well, maybe that's one thing that the movie actually improves upon, because I find that love story is quite beautiful, actually. And it goes to show how that can kind of make or break a movie. I mean, last week we did Mm. Near Dark, and my biggest problem with that was I could not buy into the romance at all. Mm. Whereas there's almost less time given to the falling in love in this movie, and uh, it it somehow just works so much better. It's possibly just the chemistry between um, Robin Wright and Carrie Always, but also, like, it, it enhances you know, the relationships between the minor characters as well, like the friendships that they make with the minor characters. Yeah, 
that that's I absolutely what I was going to say. The difference between uh, Near Dark and this is that they don't have as much chemistry, whereas I think they go on the same journey mm. of the whole point to prove how much they love each other is the trials they go through for each other. And it works in this because of the chemistry, I think, whereas in the other one, you just weren't feeling the chemistry. I still think the love in Near, Near Dark was good. You know, it was, but it wasn't like this one. It wasn't true love. It was like, mm. a, oh, they, they, they like each other, you know. I mean, you talk about how the first part of the book is like quite truncated into like literally like five minutes yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But those five minutes are some of like is some of the most intense chemistry between two actors that like you've ever seen. Like the scene with the picture where she gets into like get it for her even though it's right next to her mm. and they just make a prolonged eye contact i mean that's enough to buy the whole love story like for the rest of the movie in my opinion it's good it's very good before we move on to raving reviews mm-hmm. sequels yeah there was going to be a sequel to the book called buttercup's baby i think some publications of the of the novel have like a fake teaser <laughs> chapter from it mm-hmm. but yeah that never happened uh, there was going to be a stage show that was being produced, I think, in the late 90s. That never happened. Then Disney tried to make a stage show musical, try and get, like, Randy Newman in there to write some songs. That... Ew, Randy Newman? No. Mm. I love the idea of a musical adaptation, though. Yes. Keep that. Not Randy Newman. Yeah, it was um, Randy Newman or John Mayer were approached. No, what? It's <laughs> a terrible idea. Are you kidding me? Really bad idea. Let's think. Who would do a good job? Honestly, who did um, Book of Mormon? (laughs) (laughs) Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, get those fucking guys in there. Didn't they work with some good, or like the people who did Frozen or Hairspray, or like the people who can do like funny, but good, catchy songs? Yeah. I think the people who did the WandaVision theme songs and stuff could be pretty Mm. good. They're good. Look, there's heaps of better choices than Randy Newman and John Mayer. Yeah. And you know what? Throw some Muppets in there. Yeah. some Muppets in there. They'll go together really nice. <laughs> I'd love to watch that. Um, apparently there's a video game in development based off Princess Bride. I, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but sure. Why not? Imagine how funny it could be, though. True. Like, imagine the funniest video game you've ever played. Uh, and then in 2019, someone at Sony leaked in an interview to Variety that very famous and very influential people were planning a remake and the internet said, no! Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that's the one I've heard of, yeah. And it was like, why? If you're going to revisit it, I would go like full book route and do it as a series or like a mini series. Oh, yeah. And just make it like a dark, cynical, like just the book, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You can't, you can't recreate the magic that the, mo- that the movie, like the heartwarming magic that the movie is, but you could potentially do something really funny. And You could clever. do that. You could do a sequel with Bring Everyone Back, but nah. th- th- that's never worked. I, I have a good idea, but it's, it's actually the first review Ooh. for Raving Reviews. So I might just quickly jump you into the river, river, river raving reviews. This is the part of the show where we get reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, except this week, Zach was angry at all the negative ones, so he <laughs> didn't include them. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, most of these are quite positive. <laughs> so you're, you're going to have to have a discerning eye 
as to which ones aren't five out of five. <laughs> um, you guys know how to play. It's a battle off. You guys, you guys are trying to get the most points. So Peter says the comedy and cynicism were hilarious. You could make a prequel movie just from the Wesley story of the mantle of the dread. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's I I like that idea. And then you can maybe like weave in more backstory or flashbacks to the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely want to have one of those things where it's like the characters from the prequel affect the characters in the sequel, but without ever meeting them. Mm. Like maybe maybe the the dread pirate Roberts captures the prince or whatever. Yeah. You know, mm. but lets him live for a price or something like that. You know, things that... We see, like, Vizzini when he was struggling, like, before he was, like, this con man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or maybe, like, he used to be really moral and we see what, like, turned him bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like this, yeah. And we see Fezzik as a baby growing up and growing up and growing up and growing <laughs> up. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That would be good. Oh, my God. Anyway, this review, I'm going to guess five stars. Well, I'm going to guess 4.5 stars. (laughs) Ah, it's 4.5. Ah, that was my second guess. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Yep. Well, we have our most controversial opinion, I think, of these reviews coming up from Joe, who says, basically, a live-action Shrek. What the fuck? I hate this. (laughs) I hate that, but I think he says four stars. What's the cutoff for a negative review? Is the cutoff for a negative review 2.5? Because I'm going to go three, I think. I'm not going to tell you. I'll go three. It's five out of five. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he obviously likes Shrek as well, then. Yeah. Uh, We have Finacial. Who says, fucking masterpiece. Five out of five. Nah, this movie is trash. Oh, no. What? Sandra, what do you think? Five out of five as well. Five out of five. It's five out of five. Yeah, we got it. I was, th- I was thinking that maybe the, nah, this movie is trash. Would, like, lead us through a loop. It would be if you didn't do that joke every single time we do a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen says, though plague with continuity errors and some bad performances, The Princess Bride has enough charm and character throughout where you can forgive these offensive and have a good time watching a classic. Four stars. Four stars? I'll go 3.5. Yeah, it's one or the other. I mean, well, uh, what continuity errors are there? Uh, there's the Australian thing where he mentions Australia. Uh, that's not continuity as much as it is historical inaccuracy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what, yeah. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Maybe his shirt's ripped in one scene and not in another. Yeah, stuff shit. like that, which is like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Try like... making a movie. Ooh, shots fired at a random person on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so, what are you rating this movie? What are you guys rating this? I reckon she said four, because she still called it a classic. Uh, yeah, 3.5. Ah, it's 3 out of 5. 3 out of Ooh, 5. Oh, well, she's wrong. <laughs> and finally, we have uh, Trenton, who says his name is Inigo Montoya. You watch this movie, you're in for a good time. Oh, 5 out of 5. 4 out of 5. It's 5 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh my, it's a tie. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, that's the episode. Thanks for having me on, guys. No worries. Plug your stuff. Do you have anything to plug? Literature is still available to listen to. Seasons one and two. 
that's all for now. Fringe was cancelled, so that's not happening. Yeah, you had a you 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 had a fringe show. I did, but I do no longer. And you yeah. know what? That's fine. It's mm-hmm. almost like they shouldn't have announced the shows a week before cancelling mm. them. It was yeah, it was just not a good idea at all, ever, <laughs> at any point. Yeah. But here we are, living and learning, laughing and loving. I'm sure that you'll be back on to plug uh, this show when that does happen as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you will as well, Sandra. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm working on it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to keep in touch with the show, you can. We're on all the socials as well. So links in the episode description and check out our series on the Evil Dead over on Patreon. I'm very keen for that whole series to be wrapped up. And I think um, a poll should be out this week as well for uh, our November Patreon episode. So if you want to vote on those, uh, jump on in this week and have your say, which I think only leaves a decision to be made. Zach, I've, uh, do I have a choice? Do I have to make my choice to quote You absolutely the movie? have to make a choice. Um, lots of choices this week, tons of movies, hundreds even. Oh, no. Um, but I'm going to cut it down to two choices because that's really all you have. Um, what? Uh, your two choices are Parfly, a biopic about a poet's alter ego who goes out drinking a lot. Uh, Sad. Doesn't sound very nice. We have Hollow Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm already interested. <laughs> yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> a high school student gets possessed by a student who dies at a prom in the 50s. Yep. And those are your two options. There's no other options. If they were, they would probably be Hope and Glory, an award-winning movie about World War Two, as seen uh, from the eyes of a young boy. Cool. And Weeds, a prison inmate, writes uh, a play that a reporter thinks is pretty good. And it's nothing to do with the TV show. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's no other movies. Well, there might be one more. The Whales of August, (laughs) which is two elderly sisters go to their summer home and revisit sad memories. I feel like you committed to a bit, but weren't very (laughs) sure what the bit was. (laughs) You just continued with it. Look, look, sometimes you just gotta stick with it. Sometimes you gotta find the bit on the way to the bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The the bit was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Yeah, the true bit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the only two options for me is Prom Night 2 and Hope and Glory, I think. They're the only ones that sound particularly mm. interesting. Sandy, what would you go for? Prom Night 2, Electric Boogaloo, baby. <laughs> Hello, Mary Lou, Hello, Prom Mary Night Lou. 2. Well, we are in October, so it is spooky month. Mm. Oh, Prom Night has Jamie Lee Curtis in it from memory. Oh. Mm. I think I'm still going to choose Hope and Glory, though. Mm. Oh, Hope and Glory. That's the award-winning one. Yeah, look, let's do it. Let's do something serious. <laughs> you want to do a serious movie? Yeah, why not? Oh, I was fully expecting the ho- uh, Hello, Mary Lou. It's but, you know. just... I... Look... I watched all of the Saw films this year. I, 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 I've watched a bunch of other bad... I just don't feel like watching any more bad horror sequels, so... Mm, <laughs> you know what I think? I think you've got you've gotten addicted to good movie <laughs> watching this movie, and you want to continue it's that. It's not sustainable, Sandra. True. It's not sustainable. That's the, the truest fact. I'm going to try and keep it going as much as I possibly can. <laughs> you know, next week, I'm then going to be on purpose picking a bad movie. Oh no! Oh. Imagine picking bad movies. People don't want to hear you be happy. <laughs> it's true. People don't want to 
listen to you like things. <laughs> People don't want to hear you nostalgically reminisce over your childhood treats. They don't. I love the little gummy worms, the little sour gummy worms. My nan used to give us jubes, which were the best. I remember jubes. Oh, yeah. Jubes are underrated as a lolly, for sure. Oh, I got jubes, but they were jubes that had been there for like five years. So they were basically hard candy. <laughs> They they were rocks. They were they, they mm. were so That's solid. That's its own special kind of candy, though. I think. Yeah, it was delicious. Mm. I love going to Sovereign Hill and getting those giant circular lollipops. Fuck pops. yeah! Mm. Oh no, for me it's like the hand pulled raspberry drops. You watch the oh, guy with good. the huge arms pulling that that toffee. Oh, I tell you what, those arms are the real uh, raspberry drops. Oh, they can raspberry my drops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's that's something true about like all the all lollipuller guys. Like, if you're making sweets, you're jacked. You have to be because it's really hard work. Mm. It's true. All that's left is to wrap it up with the best quote from uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> um, well, we we can't be here for another hour and a half, so I don't know how I'm gonna do this. You know? Yeah, it's so hard to choose. But I do I do have one. Murdered by pirates is good. <laughs> That's a good quote. (laughs) Yep. Is yeah. I I decided not to pick an obvious one, but to pick one that took me by surprise. This viewing. I like that. I'm gonna pick an unobvious one as well, and I'm gonna go for. You be careful. People in masks cannot be trusted. (laughs) Mm. That hits you. That hits you hard this year, huh? I I'll get one that I didn't mention earlier. Then, which was uh, she went that way alive about an hour ago. If we find her otherwise, I will be very put out. Put out. (laughs) Put out. (laughs) That is a good one. Put out. Put out. I love the way he says words. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.